بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اما بعد اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والفعل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم افتح قفال قلوبنا بذكرك وأتمم علينا نعمتك آمين رب العالمين Yesterday we covered the topic of sorrow and weeping And one of the last um, hadiths or statements we covered was How there are two types of people only in the dunya One is mubtala, one is mu'afin One who is tested through temptation of sin has fallen into it And one who is mashallah saved up, saved till now So if you're one of the people who are saved Then have mercy on the people who have been afflicted by sin and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having saved you. Next chapter in our book of uh, Softening the Heart, Kitab al-Zuhd wa Raqaiq of Abdullah ibn Barak, rahmatullah, that we are uh, covering after Asr here in Ramadan. Next chapter is called Concealed Actions and Remembrance. So this is a chapter on how the earlier um, predecessor, our predecessor were very particular about trying to and uh, do actions in a concealed manner so that they would remain as sincere as possible. Mubarak bin Fudala narrates that Hassan rahmatullah said, In kana rajula laqad jama'a al-Qur'ana wa ma yash'uru bihi jaru. There is a man who has memorized the Qur'an, yet his neighbor is not aware of him. Wa in kana rajulu laqad faqiha al-fiqh al-kathir wa ma yash'uru bihi al-nas. There's a man with immense understanding of the religion, yet people are not aware of him. There's a man who prays long prayers in his house and people visit him, but they are not aware of it. There's we have met such people, yani the Sahaba, who never did any action in public if they could do it in secret. And the Muslims used to strive in dua, in supplication, yet no sound was heard from them except a whisper between them and their Lord. That is because Allah Almighty says Call unto your Lord humbly and secretly And Almighty Allah Azza wa Jal Mentions a righteous man And Allah was pleased with his words So he said When he called on his Lord in secret So this morning after Fajr Alhamdulillah We got a chance to speak on this topic In quite detail Talk about 10 different points on the virtue of the superiority of making dua and dhikr silently as compared to doing so out loud. And the, one of the, from the many amazing things that were mentioned by the ulama on this topic, that one is that it's much, when a person allows his heart to speak only, especially in public, you know, if you're in your home alone, no one's there, can hear you, it's a different thing. But it's in public if a person is crying out loud, if a person is very emotional, if a person is saying all sorts of things out loud, everyone can hear. Whenever you can hear, then also the sincerity may take a huge hit. 
Additionally, um, when a person is speaking softly, when a person is doing dhikr, when a person is making dua to Allah SWT from his heart, what happens, the benefit, is that it requires focus and attention. Sometimes people are moving the tasbih like this and looking around. They're looking at everything else. But in order to be, have your heart saying Allah, Allah, or your heart making dua, it really requires you to be focused. So this builds a focus. Additionally, when a person whispers his needs to Allah, or says it, speaks in his heart, then it's as though you are, your relationship with Allah has gotten so close that you feel that He is able to hear your thoughts. And you're able to share your thoughts without anything else in between. So that level of connection with Allah is more powerful naturally. That you can share your thoughts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Additionally, when a person speaks, when a person does dhikr quietly to himself or dua to himself, and there will be less chance of people disturbing. You know, you have to make a specific dua, the guys next to you might say, Hey, bye, why are you why are you making that dua? You know, everything okay? No, you don't want you want is between you and Allah. Why you want other people to come in, add their two cents, or ask questions? So that's another benefit. You do it softly. So the, their wujuhat and the reasons have been mentioned, mashallah, many. But one of the more very amazing, beautiful things is that dua to be able to make powerful, beautiful supplication to Allah is a gift. And if Allah subhanahu wa taala has given you this gift, this blessing that you can pour your heart out to Him and ask Him for everything from a broken shoelace to akhirah. Jannah, then you should be so thankful that He gave you this blessing and you should hide this blessing. Surah Yusuf, we talk about this whole discussion. That take the assistance of secrecy in order to fulfill your needs. Take the assistance of secrecy in order to fulfill your needs. When you want to do something, and you have a plan, you want to hatch a plan, you want to do something good. Say, you know, I made intention, inshallah, this year, I want to donate this thing to such and such place. This year, I want to be able to read this much, uh, you know, I want to memorize the Quran. This year, I want to do this. So if you want to do such things, do not unnecessarily share it with others. For indeed, everyone who has a blessing is definitely going to be envied by others. If you have a blessing, know very well that there's three people, if there's five people looking at you, maybe two or two, three of them don't have a good best intention. That's just how the world works. The, the people who don't have, they desire what those who have. And many times, people have also. But because they are suffering from a serious evil of the heart, disease of the heart called hasad, which is a very big problem. Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him so much, they still will be looking at someone else. So a person has uh, wealth at home. MashaAllah, a husband earns well. And a nice, very comfortable home. But he goes somewhere else, visits someone's house for iftar. Now, you have a very comfortable home. You have very comfortable spread. Everything is there. But if a person has this disease of jealousy... They'll walk in and they'll say, oh, look at this sofa. This looks better than ours. Look at this tablecloth. Looks better than ours. Look at these spoons. They're better than ours. Every single thing they must compare. And then they're not going to compare also. They're going to say, how come? But you know, our husbands both graduated from the same college. They have the same type of job. 
Maybe my husband also graduated a few years before that. So now what happens? Now sometimes they can't even hide it. They will literally on your face say it. How come you have such a big house, a few thousand square feet or a, hundred feet, a few hundred square feet larger than mine? How come you have this car when I don't have this? Continuous comparison and then outright spewing of statements that filled with jealousy. This is why I'm telling you because this, this is the stuff comes to me. This is what I'm sharing with you, an example. This is not fake things. This is real things that happen in the community. And so now a person is shocked, feels violated. Like why is this person? Allah gave them so much. Why are they constantly every second comparing? And also not just comparing like little kids. But now these are adults. These are in the 40s. They're in the 30s, sometimes 60s. But they never took care of their spiritual diseases. That's why they're 60 years old. It's not cute anymore. You know when you're a little child, he's a little baby. It's okay. That's the problem. If we don't take care of evil diseases of the heart when we're young, we'll be stuck with this when, when we're 80 years old. And subhanAllah, imagine 70, 80 years of this sin, accumulating of jealousy, hasad, comparison. And what else is comparison going to lead to? The ungratefulness over what Allah has given us. Ungratefulness over what Allah has given us. So this is a thing that we have to be careful, that we don't fall into this regard. That everyone, two things, we need to make sure we don't become hasid. And number two, we need to make sure we don't become mahsud. Don't be jealous of others and don't allow other people to be jealous of you. Don't be jealous of others, that's number one. That anytime a thought comes of comparison, how come they have this and I don't have this? How come they have this and I don't have this? Then realize that this is shaitan destroying you. And Nabi ﷺ said, Al-Hasad is haliqah. What does halaq mean? Huh? To shave. Nabi ﷺ said, Hasad is haliqah. Then he said, I'm not saying shaving your hair. He said, haliqah, it will shave your good deeds off. If you suffered, if you have jealousy and you allow that jealousy to brew in you, he said, this will completely destroy your good deeds. And then another narration he said, Jealousy eats away and burns away good deeds, just like a fire burns away through firewood. So that's why people who suffer this, I, we, feel, we, we feel sorry for them. This, they're, like, I mean, they're doing good deeds, fasting, sadaqah, so, and then they're just, put, they're just burning it. As Allah mentions in the Quran. Like that lady in Mecca, apparently there was a lady who used to do that. She used to sew and she used to uh, knit, uh, you know, knit all day. And then she, she was a little, يعني, she wasn't mentally stable. So at the end of the day, she would break everything. And the next day, start over again and again and again. So this is the person who is doing good deeds and then he throws it away by backbiting, by being jealous of others or just straight up just allowing shaitan to burn it away, burn away the good deeds. So we have to ensure that we don't have hasad. If you find yourself to be in a position where you're for some reason constantly comparing and being angry why others have what we don't have, then in this case we need to do a couple of things. Number one, uh, we should do, for the person who we feel jealous about, we should do isal al-thawab few dollars of sadaqah, uh, recitation of Qur'an, qulullah wahad three times, some tasbih, and you say, Ya Allah, I'm making niyyah that this ajr of this goes to so-and-so person who I'm jealous of. Number two, that we speak highly about that person in his absence and in his presence. Speak highly about them, praise them while they're present and also in their absence. Uh, and number three, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to extinguish the fire of jealousy within our heart. And keep on reading, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, every time you feel that.
The first two things I mentioned of sending reward of good deeds or sadaqah of charity is because, and speaking highly of them. Do you think the nafs would want you to do that? The nafs says, I want this person to go down. What is hasad? What is jealousy? Tamanni zawalu ni'matil ghayr is when you desire that someone else's blessings should come to an end. Whether you get it or not is a different story. You just don't want someone else to have what they have. That makes, that's called hasad. So when a person is making dua for another person who he feels jealous about, when he is donating money and saying, Ya Allah, give the reward for this orphan that I'm paying for, to that so-and-so. When a person is reciting or Surah Al-Baqarah or something and says, Ya Allah, give the reward to so-and-so I'm jealous of, all of these things, the nafs will hate it. The nafs will hate it. And this is how you take care of a nafs that is disobedient. You beat it up. Right? You beat up the nafs. By saying, you don't want me to do this, guess what? I'm going to do it even more. I'm going to rub it in. I'm going to do exactly what you don't want me to do. Is I am going to sit there and make niyyah of ajr for this so-and-so person that you say you're jealous of. So this is how to cure ourselves of this jealousy. And how do we cure ourselves from becoming mahsud? Is that we try our best not to show off our things. So the, 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 so the culture today is so weird. Everyone wants to show off everything online. Social media is about that. That's why possibly one of the big reasons why you see people having so many problems and pe- people getting jinxed, the relationships getting jinxed, their relationships getting ruined, okay? People getting sick, all sorts of stuff. It's ajib. Like I've had uh, some martial arts uh, brothers who were, were studying martial arts and were doing pretty good at it. And one day they came and asked me for dua, like what happened? Oh, I, you know, my foot, I broke my foot, random freak accident. And now for martial arts, I can't even go to the masjid. I haven't prayed salah, stand, is sitting for, is standing for so long. Six, eight months, suffering. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, sorry about that. Anything weird happened in your life? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I posted myself after a win in some fight. I posted online, like this happened the next day. Okay, well, now you connect the dots. Who told you to do that? Right? So this is not one or two stories. There are thousands of stories. You all have your own story of someone you know or yourself who's done something that you shared something with someone and right after that something happens. You say, Alhamdulillah, I'm so happy. You know, this Ramadan, I memorized, mashallah, already, uh, you know, 50 pages of the Quran. And then the next day, you're having a hard time waking up for Fajr. Next day, you don't feel like reading Quran at all. So when it comes to good deeds, and when it comes to blessings of Allah, we have to make sure we do not unnecessarily air them and share with others. And social media is, is, is messed up because... Not only do we share the good people of the audacity and the bihayai to share the bad as well. Shamelessness to share the bad. So wedding pictures should not be online. Husband and wife pictures should not be online. They should not be on your WhatsApp status. Because if you're a female, you, have, you may have all the other females. Why should they be looking at your husband's picture with you? If you're a male, why should anyone else be looking at your wife's picture? So these are basic things that I don't think anyone 40 years ago would ever have to say this in a bayan. But unfortunately, today, I have to, literally some students of mine, I'll go tell them. I said, brother, you, do you realize what you're doing? And so what happened? It's like, look, you have a picture. Look at your profile picture. You have a picture of yourself and your spouse. Does this make any sense? And after one minute, he says, oh, astaghfirullah, really? That makes no sense. I'm like, yeah, look, something so obvious like that, why did I have to come and tell you? But that's just the weird world we're living in. Something which was completely, uh, absolutely munkar, evil, is now acceptable in society. And something which is understood as norm, Today is regarded as something looked down upon. So the WhatsApp and the, the, the Instagram and the Snapchat, all of these type of things, you know, where we, we're showing pictures is a big problem. 
کتنے لوگ ہاؤ مینی پیپل کم ٹو یو یو نو یو لسنگ دس جنرل ٹاک بفور دا ٹاک ہاؤ مینی پیپل میسج می آئی ہیو دس پرابلم آئی گیٹ دس ایشو ہیپن ہیوج فائیو ود مائی وائف ہیوج فائیو ود مائی کڈس دس دیٹ اوکے ٹل می واٹس گون آن واٹس ہیپن ان دا پاس ویک نتھنگ دس دیٹ وی ون ٹو اے داوت اینڈ دین ماشاء اللہ یو نو وی آل ڈریسڈ اپ اینڈ ٹک مائی وائف اراؤنڈ فلان اینڈ دین وی کیم بیک ہوم اینڈ دا وے بیک فرام دا پارٹی وی ہیڈ اے ہیوج فائٹ اینڈ ایور سنس دین ایوری ڈے بگ فائٹ So this, seriously, this is what it is. Like literally so many people in the community will tell me things of problems that happen and it happens if you connect it, it happens when they went to an event where someone saw them or they went to it and they posted something online or someone came to their home and started checking things out. So basically what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm not trying to tell you to be paranoid but what I'm trying to say is that there's no reason for us to share unnecessary things like previously just how in the past people would not share if imagine if yani a little boy maybe will come and say baba you know um i you know what would you say i brushed my teeth today he say oh mashallah good job but if you came and told me i brushed my teeth today i'm like everything okay say khair khairiyat you know what you, what's going on why would you come in, an adult come and tell me you brush my teeth but that's what social media has done Today I enjoyed the new type of toothpaste. And, and then you'll have 7,000 likes, 4,000 hands up, you know, you know finger, 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 what you call, finger up, uh, um, thumbs up. For complete, I, I see sometimes tweets that people share with me and I'm like, no, no, please don't tell me this is real. This is something that if even my own son or daughter were to tell me, I say, what's wrong with you? Why are you coming and telling me this is something useless, waste of my time, waste of your time. But yet you'll have 7,000 likes on a tweet like that. This is... We're not crazy. The world is crazy. We are not crazy. The world has become crazy of social media. And so it, this is the so many psychiatric illnesses have come about it. Why are girls suffering depression and suicidal thoughts from even good homes? Because they idolize what is shown online. They read, they watch that. And they know, they say, oh, how come she's not... I tried so hard but I can't be as beautiful as that. You know why? Because she's not a human. What you're seeing is not a human. That's going through so many filters. You should know better than I know all these filters, what they do. It's fake. But I was speaking to our own students. I was asking, what is a leading cause do you think amongst young girls for depression and anxiety and all this? And they're like, well, the big problem is social media. They have no uh, self-esteem, self-confidence. They're always comparing themselves to these fake things online. And then someone says, oh, my, my, my husband just bought me a new car. You already had a nice, beautiful, comfortable car. But just by looking someone online, their husband bought him a car, but then she's speaking the truth or lying, Allahu Alam, whatever the case is. Then she becomes, all of a sudden, she's upset about, mashallah, her own car. Her own car seems uncomfortable and small and short. So this, you know, this continuous comparison with social media of men and women is a big problem. One, you know, and it's, it's, it's a big, it's, it's not, of course, it's like a, it's a societal issue. So once one family was coming for counseling, asking for help. So the husband said, I'm very upset at my wife. That's, I said, what happened? What did she do? She said, every time she takes pictures of, of, of the family picture, she posts it on Facebook. Every time she cooks something, she posts it on Facebook. Uh, she wears her own new clothes, she posts it on Facebook. And I said, well, you're crazy, why are you doing this? So then I asked her, I said, why are you doing this? Subhanallah, look at the answer she gave. She said, because I never get any compliments from my husband. No matter what happens. So I am also a human being. I am so emotionally broken that nothing I do is, is I'm able to get a word of praise from my husband. When I post things online, I look at all these likes and all these comments and that keeps me going. So now, of course, I told him this is wrong. And I told her also, you cannot be living off of the emotions and the comments of other people. You have to look at how, what does Allah think of you? 
Forget about these people behind the keyboard, random non-Muslims, Muslims, whoever they are, non-mahram people, commenting on your looks and on your food dishes. That's not what, you, what should be the, uh, the source of your fulfillment of your life. You have, to, you have to bring Allah in your heart. You have to do dhikr. A person who is a dhakir, a person who is, reads his Quran daily, a person who does his tasbihat every day, a person who makes long, beautiful du'as on their own, you will not suffer, inshallah, depression. And one thing I want to talk about this issue of depression. Everything we're seeing extra. Obesity out the door, right? Depression out the roof. Uh, LGBTQ, subhanAllah, broke the roof. Everything. In the past 40 years, you're seeing the whole world has changed. And I cannot believe, and I, I'm sure you cannot believe, that this is just nature. All of a sudden. That 40, in the past 40 years, the world decided to just change. No, it's not. There are certain mistakes we have made as humanity that are causing these things. So when it comes to depression too, how is it that we had depression was yes a problem, but now why is it that 20% of American youth require some type of intervention due to some uh, psychological issues? How did this happen? How did we end up in this position? Yes, there are people, some, who suffer some you know, genetic imbalances that's been passed down from generations, and they have boot swings, etc. That's one thing. But how many, how is it a, today, 10 year old is saying depressed, 12 year old saying suicidal. Really, this is what's happening right under our nose. 12 year old girls, 11 year old girls slitting their wrists and saying they're suicidal. Where is this coming from? This is all shaitaniyat. This is because there's no Allah and Rasul in the heart. There's no dhikr in the heart. There's sin in the heart. And that's what shaitan does. This is aqibatul dhunub. This is the punishment of the sin. And this is the ghulma and the darkness of the sin. When a person turns his heart away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do this to his heart. From where I'm telling you? From Surah Taha. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي Whoever turns his face away, turns his back to my remembrance, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ Indeed, he will have a very constricted life. Very tight life. In this dunya, in this dunya he will suffer depression. In this dunya he will suffer, you know, all sorts of emotional illnesses where he's, where he's suffering anxiety and suffering overwhelming feelings, etc. وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى And then on the day of judgment we'll raise him blind. قَالَ رَبِّ لِمَا أَعْمَى He'll say, oh Allah, why did you raise me blind? وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا Even though I had perfect vision in the world. قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا فَنَسِيتَهَا Allah will say, that you treated my verses in this manner. When my verses came to you, when my Quran came to you, when my teachings came to you, what did you do? You acted blind even though you were not blind. And you forgot it. You acted like you didn't hear. You became deaf, dumb and, dumb and blind. Today you're going to be, truly be made deaf, dumb and blind. Today you will actually be made blind and thrown into hellfire. Tunsa, you'll be forgotten. No one, you can cry all you want, no one will even hear your screams. May Allah protect us. Where does this start from? This starts from the evil effect of sins. Sin is the key crux to a lot of problems that society is facing. If we give up sin, and if we turn toward dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we'll see things will start changing. So we need to protect ourselves from becoming hit with hasad and nadar and ayn by not showing off our blessings. Is what we're talking about. For every person who has a blessing is going to suffer hasad. So, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah. Recite this. When we see what someone else has, we should recite it. When you see, when you're walking by somewhere and some people are looking at you, we keep on reciting, MashaAllah, quwwata illa billah. Read your qul'a'udhu al-falaq, qul'a'udhu al-nas. After every salah, three times. 
before you leave the home read wa in yakadu alladhina kafaru la yuzriqunaka bi absarihim lamma sami'u dhikra wa yaquluna innahu almajnun wa ma huwa illa dhikrul alamin last ayats of surah qalam recite this uh, 21 times in the morning and the evening if a person feels that been afflicted by al-ain the point is we have to take the precautionary measures if we don't read anything we don't recite our adhkar and ad'iyah morning and evening protection duas uh, and we're not going to leave our house in the sunnah method. We don't read, read Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minna adhilla aw udhal aw wazilla aw uzal aw adhlima aw udhlam aw ajhala aw ijala alay. Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah. La hawla la quatilla billah. In the name of Allah, I put my trust in reliance upon Allah Azza wa Jal. There's no power and no strength to keep me away from sin and to keep sin away from me, to keep harm away from me. And there's no power and strength to enable me to do good except for the power and strength that comes from Allah. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from, being, from, from misleading others and from being misled. From slipping and being, being pushed over. All right? um, from being an oppressor and from being oppressed. From acting in an, in an ignorant manner and from people acting with me in an ignorant manner. This is the dua. We have to teach our children before they go to the school, before they go to college, before you go to the work. Recite this dua. So we're speaking about, going back to where we started off, the blessing of making dua in a concealed manner. That if you have that relationship with Allah that you can speak to Allah for an hour, you don't want people to know about that. That you can, you know, you've, you've got this relationship. Because guess what? People come into the masjid and they look at people making dua and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing over here. I don't know what are people doing here. I can't do this. Some people come into the masjid, they say, can you really speak to Allah in English? I never knew you could do that. That's how distant people are. And then mashallah, you're pouring your heart out in your language in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People are listening to that. What's going to happen? They're going to be jealous of it. Because the greatest blessing anyone can have is a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu says, he heard the Prophet saying, Man nasa bi amali, whoever, whoever boasts about his actions to people, Allah will discredit, disgrace, and dishonor him in front of his creation. Allah will discredit, disgrace, and dishonor him in front of his creation. Whoever boasts about his actions to people. Our society is about boasting. Everyone, whatever little you do, it's about, I was able to achieve this. I was able to achieve this. Right? It's all about showing your awards, rewards, bolstering your resume, telling everyone, but this is who I am. So what does our deen teach? It's the complete opposite. Right? Don't if, if you've been able to if you've been able to achieve something, thank Allah for it. Say Alhamdulillah, with the grace of Allah, this was gifted to me. This is nothing of my own. When he heard this, Abdullah ibn Umar tears began to flow down his cheeks. Dhamra ibn Habib ibn Shu'ayb narrates that the Messenger of Allah said, ما تقرب العبد إلى الله تعالى بشيء أفضل من سجود خفي One does not draw near to Allah Almighty with anything better than prostration in private. One does not draw near to Allah Almighty with anything better than prostration in private. The Prophet said another hadith, أذكر الله تعالى ذكراً خاملا Remember Allah with an undetectable remembrance. Remember Allah with an undetectable remembrance. فَقِيلَ وَمَا ذِكْرُ الْخَامِلِ He was asked, what is an undetectable remembrance? قَالَ أَذِّكْرُ الْخَفِي He said, one that is hidden. One that is hidden. Muhammad ibn Zayd says, رَأَيْتُ أَبَا أُمَامَ أَتَى عَلَى رَجُلٍ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ يَبْكِي فِي سُجُودِ he said, I saw Abu Umama go to a man in the masjid who was prostrating and weeping in his prostration and supplicating to his Lord. MashaAllah, he's doing sujda, he's crying, 
He walked, he saw him. So he, uh, Muhammad bin Zayd saw Abu Umama radiallahu go to him and he said, Anta, Anta, you, you, law kana hadha fi baytik, this should be done in your home. MashaAllah, it's good that you're crying in sajda. Very good. But why do it publicly? Because this is going to ruin your intentions. It's going to mess things up. This, should, this type of crying, this type of long nawafil should be done at home. That's why sunnah, mu'akkada, fard, etc. We should pray in the masjid with jama'ah, full scale. But our nawafil and stuff, uh, nawafil and long tahajjud, etc. should be done at home. So this is why in, in the, uh, our ulama, especially of the Naqshbandi uh, silsila, that you know, they have the whole aspect of dhikrul khafi and dhikrul qalb, where you do dhikr of the heart, dhikr in the heart. And this is something we should all work on doing, that we work on doing dhikr in the heart. La ilaha illallah or Allahu Allah. And we do a hundred, a hundred, you know, one tasbih, a hundred, a hundred times. You can do it out loud as well, that's fine. But also focus on doing the tasbih only by the heart. Focus on the heart saying, Allah, Allah, Allah. And we'll see that if once we become uh, habitual with this, this will be so beneficial. Whether you are sitting in a meeting, you are sitting in, 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 in at home with friends and family, you are gone out with friends, Alhamdulillah, your tongue, if you pull out a tasbih at that time with your dhikr, what are people going to say? You don't need to pull out your tasbih, you don't need to move your lips. It's the heart that is saying, Allah, 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 Allah. And when a person does that, over a period of time, they will see that they will genuinely feel the presence of Allah with them and they feel that they're in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you're in that state, then you can imagine that inshallah the chance of sinning will be much less. I ask Allah Azzawajal to give us all such hearts that beat with His remembrance all the time. And we ask Allah Azzawajal to grant us ikhlas in all of our actions, to stay far away from anything that can lead to riya and ostentation. Amin ya rabbal alameen. Let us do dhikr for a few minutes and then I request the brothers to uh, go downstairs quickly for iftar and then we'll, we'll start the dua from here. You can join the dua from downstairs. 7.19 is uh, iftar today, inshallah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله 
sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam astaghfirullah 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 shall our brothers please proceed downstairs Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma laka alhamdu kullu wa laka shukru kullu. Allahumma la nuhsi thalana alayka anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Allahumma ya hannanu ya mannan ya badi'a samawati wa rati ya dhal jalali wa likram wa al-izzati allati la turam. Allahumma ya hayu wa qayyum ya hayu wa qayyum. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi adada khalqihi wa rida nafsihi wa zinata arshihi wa midada kalimati. Allahumma laka alhamdu hamdan daiman ma'a dawamik. Wa laka alhamdu hamdan تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار رب اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربي هب لي من لدنك وليا ربي هب لي من لدنك وليا ربي هب لي من لدنك وليا وهب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلنا وهو رب العرش العظيم لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين رب إني مغلوب فانتصر رب إني مغلوب فانتصر وأفوض أمري إلى الله إن الله بصير بالعباد اللهم أصلح لنا ديننا الذي وعصمة أمرنا وأصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا وأصلح لنا آخرتنا التي فيها معادنا وجعل الحياة زيادة لنا في كل خير وجعل الموت راحة لنا من كل الشر اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنية والهداء إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إن نسلك عينين هطالتين تسقيان القلب بظروف الدمع من خشيتك قبل أن تكون الدموع دما والأضراث جمرة اللهم إن نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدم 
دائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة الله من نسلك تمام العافية الله من نسلك الشكر على العافية الله من نسلك دوام العافية والله we ask you to accept all the good that has been done in this blessed day of Jumu'ah والله we ask you Allah to accept the khair that we've done this past week والله whatever good we've been able to achieve it's only been through your grace and your tawfiq والله we beg you we beg you that you continue to grant us tawfiq to outdo whatever we've been able to achieve and ya Allah that you grant us ikhlas in our past and our future actions and oh Allah you grant our past and future actions acceptance and qubuliyah oh Allah allow all of our actions to be in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and allow it to become worthy of your acceptance worthy of your court oh Allah we ask you to grant us all the highest levels of sincerity while always doubting our intentions ya Allah oh Allah we ask you Allah to grant us the ability and our family members to have adhere, true adherence to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam oh Allah in this era of confusion and fitna oh Allah save us from from not being able to distinguish right from wrong oh Allah 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 will allow us to see right as right and false as false and allow us to practice on the truth and stay away from the falsehood oh Allah we ask you to grant forgiveness to all those who passed away from our elders our teachers our parents and the rest of the ummah oh Allah we ask you to fill their graves with nur become pleased with them become pleased with them and forgive their mistakes oh Allah those who are sick and those who specifically those who have requested for dua of shifa oh Allah those who are in the hospitals those who are suffering critical illnesses oh Allah or long term illnesses ya Allah acute illnesses ya Allah we ask you to grant them all shifa shifa ya Allah kamila ajila mustamira nasallallahu alazim rabbil arshil azim yashfi mardana wa mardal muslimin oh Allah we ask you ya Allah to allow us to make the most of the remaining days and nights of Ramadan oh Allah allow us to increase in the good that we have done oh Allah, all the sisters who have come today for the program oh Allah accept their coming here allow them to walk away with immense tremendous benefit and allow them to have a renewed relationship with you ya Allah all those young girls who have come oh Allah allow them to go back to their homes with a love for the deen and the love for the, 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 the ilm of deen ya Allah and allow them to be connected with a good company Allah oh Allah whatever efforts our volunteers are putting in in any department we ask you to grant them ya Allah more than they can expect and more than they can imagine ya Allah oh Allah whatever du'as all of us are here are making in our hearts and whatever our needs are you are well aware of we ask you to grant us all of that and much 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 more subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen ameen